Welcome to The Unfiltered Map. I'm Elizabeth Lewis, and alongside some of my dearest friends, we've created the show so women have a space to have unfiltered, extremely raw, and insanely real conversations. Nothing is off limits here. This space is for moms who want to talk about everything, to dive into conversations we all deeply desire to have, but fear what others may think of us. This is your invitation to pull up a seat in a judgment-free zone and have a little heart-to-heart. Now, let's get unfiltered. This is a Soul Fire production. Can you imagine a world where we showed up and we asked for exactly what we need and there was no guilt attached to it? As women, we teeter between desperately wanting help and also wanting to control every situation, which makes it nearly impossible to rely on others. And I don't know about you, but I'm constantly asking myself this question. Why do I sabotage myself in that? And also realizing a lot of this stems, you know, as Kanisha says in here, from our childhoods. We witnessed it within our mothers or lack of support growing up. So maybe we thought that we needed to be so independent and only rely on ourselves, or maybe we can do it better. But ladies, there is a better way to do this. There is a better way to get support so that you can thrive and be your best self. Maybe it sounds cliche, but it is time. It is time to ask for what you need. So if you're ready for that, pull up a seat and let's get unfiltered. Welcome to The Unfiltered Mom. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis. And this week, we are talking about what it looks like in a partnership and your household, dividing things up, what that looks like for people who don't have support, for people that do have support. So if you're someone who's listening to this and you're like, man, I just don't have support in my household or you're someone who does. It's really like, how can we create that within our homes if we don't have it right now? And also I think it's sometimes nearly impossible because we marry someone or we're in a partnership with someone where it was really acceptable for so long, you know, where we did everything, which also stems from so many different places. So if you watched your mom take care of everything in your household all the time, that's what you're used to. And so then you go and you have your own children and then you're dealing with the same exact thing. And so I think that we take that on based off of what we witness in our upbringing but like that can, and also, and also that can change. So I know for me, just to, you know, I can say this, my husband is extremely helpful. Like when he is home, he's on, it's really important for him to be very involved in our kids' lives. He does most of the cooking in our house. I used to when we were first together. And then I just, at some point got really, really busy. We had more kids and it's just something that he took over he says he enjoys it. So he's the one who does the cooking. He does a lot of our shopping. He really does a lot of stuff. And I think it evens out because like he travels a lot for work. So then I'm solo parenting, but there's a lot that comes with that as well. And so I think this topic is really important because I think I talk to more women who don't have support from their partners. And when you don't have support from your partners, it can like, right. It leads to burnout. Uh, resentment. Like it's so easy to resent your partner because, right, you got into a partnership to feel supported, to be with someone who also wants to take on some of the load 
as well. So, you know, I know my situation. I hear from a lot of people I talk to like, I can't believe your husband does all of that stuff. And I think I have more friends whose husbands aren't super supportive or involved than I do have friends that are. And so I know we had talked about this. Kanisha, I kind of want to get you to give us what is your situation in your home? And I know this is hard too. Like no one wants, we're not sitting here bashing men. Like I want to be really clear about that. We're not sitting here bashing our partners, bashing men, doing anything like that. It's really having this candid conversation of what it feels like to be in a supportive and a non-supportive relationship. And also what can we do to change that so we don't have to live in a space where we're always feeling like I do more, he does more, you know, or he doesn't do anything at all, or maybe it's the opposite, but obviously this podcast is for women. So we'll go ahead yeah. and just leave it there. So I'll definitely say, let me preface with it's way better now than it was. <laughs> We've been married for 15 years together for almost 16. At the beginning, like it was really bad. I did everything. Like there was even a point before we had kids is that he had like lost his job and he was like at home, but I like he was on unemployment and I was still doing everything. And I even got a second job and was working like 30 days in a row and still doing all the shopping and the cleaning while he, it, yeah. So it was a bad time and we had to have a lot of conver- conversations about that, especially because when you bring children into the world, it's like a little bit, it's, it's like a whole life change. Right. So over the years, we've definitely had like better communication. Like when our first son was born, I worked day shift and he worked afternoon. So it was more like a, you don't have a choice, but to, while I'm working, you take care. And while you're working, I'm taking care. Like it was sort of not a choice, which I think sort of helped <laughs> because he had to be responsible for that period of time every day for, you know, a year and a half of, okay, this is what I got to do. This is my time. As the kids have gotten older, and we've had more conversations. I, I still think that I feel that I still do a majority of things, but I also might blame that on how he was raised or how I was raised a little bit because in his house, like, I feel like his mom also did a lot of those things. She was a stay at home mom. She cooked and made lunches and did their laundry and and things like that. And in my house now, like, I will say that I've pulled back on the cooking, but I still do like all the shopping and the cleaning and the laundry and the um, all the things, but we've separated a little bit more now. Like I do drop off, he does pick up. But then when I travel for work, there's no choice that you have three days that you sort of got to figure it out. But I will say I am guilty though. And Elizabeth, you know this, like if I'm out or whatever, like I'll still be like, do you want me to door dash you something or things like that? And I've gotten talking to, <laughs> but I know I'm not the only one. And I said, I was like, I know I'm not the only one who's out here still door dashing. Like if like, Hey, do you guys want me to order you food or whatever? But like, they can handle it. We've talked about that, right? I think in the past about, I just have to like let go of that sense that I feel, I feel like I'm responsible. And if it's not done this certain way that I have to make sure it's done this certain way. 
the laundry is not folded correctly. The dishwasher is not loaded. Like I get really weird about that. And I totally probably blame it on childhood trauma. <laughs> but what about you, Brooke? Are y'all divided or what do you, how do you handle things? Yeah, I think we have evolved, right? We've been married mm-hmm. for 14 years and we both came from households where the mom did the majority of all the things, you know, the cooking, the cleaning, primary caregiver, as far as parenting. And, you know, my mom orchestrated her schedule where she stayed at home for a while, but she also worked weekends. And then his mom was stay at home mom, you know, and our family dynamic looks very different than that. Like we both work full time and we've had a lot of growing pains, but I feel like we're, Mm -hmm. we're in a good rhythm that probably still needs some tweaking more, more on the back end. Uh, Like for instance, he's super great about like bath time, bedtime, you know, anytime I was pregnant, he was the one getting up with the other kids in the middle of the night. Like actually he pretty much gets up with the kids in the middle of the night. Now he survives better off a little sleep than I do. And you know, he's really good on that front. Like I can go out of town and he is totally fine. I'm never worried about it. He does things that I would never dream of doing with three kids. Like he'll take them to target. And I'm like, I would not even attempt that. So (laughs) kudos to you. Mm -hmm. I do grocery delivery, you know, or try to go by myself. I don't ever Mm -hmm. do that with all the kids and he, he's fine. It's more of almost the behind the scenes stuff where he started taking more of our kids like doctor's appointments. You know, he started getting more involved with correspondence with the school, especially with me as a therapist. Like I can't answer a phone call in the middle of the session. So I'm actually not accessible, you know, during the day for a majority of the day. So if daycare or the school calls, like he's the default, you know, so it's, it's been tweaking more of like the behind the scenes stuff as far as, you know, I'm the one that thinks about soccer registration and planning that out and back to school things. And I'm, you know, gently trying to incorporate him and say, Hey, like, what are some of these things that I'm just programmed and almost the default to do that we can still kind of tweak? I think the biggest hurdle is not his willingness or his ability to take on. I think I find myself feeling uncomfortable in social settings or even settings like family settings. Like, I wonder what people think because he's kind of jumping in and being the primary person with our kids right now. Like, I wonder what they think about me or is he getting all this praise because he's doing like just normal parenting things, you know, and I'm getting looked at as like, Oh wow, she's really taking a back seat. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's kind of my work in all of this. And I hear it a lot with clients too of, almost this reluctancy to give up some of this control a because you're used to it. And like you were saying, Kanisha, you've got like a certain way that you run your household and, and manage your children, but be also like what it looks like from the outside, you know? So a little bit of what you said reminded me of the backside of things. Like I do all that because of doctor's appointments and like, what if someone had to, like, pay the bills? Something happened and we'd have to pay the bills? Like, I don't know what i do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, what you said, too, about, like, the dad. I think you mentioned this before, and we can probably talk about that a little bit, too, Elizabeth. Like, the dad getting praise for doing things like taking all three kids to Target by themselves. And then <laughs> we get with that, like, 
oh, you're just making it. Yeah. I think this is a great topic because I think I've talked about this before on here is I have, I had a friend that she was doing something every time, or she had something that she was responsible for when her, I think her daughter or someone had swim lessons and she, so her husband had to take the daughter. Well, one week she was able to go. So like the the husband had been taking the daughter and she went into the dressing room. So if anyone's been to like a swim school, like, you know, they, they're not like closed in, they're pretty open. And she heard moms on the other side, like dressing, like on the other side of the dressing room were like, Oh my gosh, did you see that she finally showed up to bring her child to swim lessons? talking about her. She's like, you know, because her poor husband has to come every single, bring their kids every single week. And it was just like, yeah. And so she heard them and we had later had this conversation. She was telling us we were within a group and it just made me think, you know, really to what you said, Brooke, is the judgment that comes from moms that think that we should be doing it all. We're the ones that should be taking them to swim lessons. We're the only ones that should take them to doctors or dentists or soccer practice or be their primary caregiver. And I think really what that says a lot more about them who were saying that than it does the fact that like kudos to her for telling her husband, like, I can't, I'm not available to take our child to swim lessons, but they really need to go. And so I need you to do this, right? Because it's a partnership. Like we entered into a partnership and Mm -hmm. I think you had said it where, you know, like a lot of our upbringing or, you know, has stems into that. My mom didn't take care of everything. I just, I think this comes from like fending for myself in this sense, but all, and also Kanisha hearing you and Brooke, maybe you can say that, you know, I don't even know the word I want to say right now, but it's a control thing, right? When when you couldn't control things in your childhood or your life, I'm curious if we grow up to control those situations where, you know, like it's, you can control how the clothes are folded. You can control how the dishes are put in the dishwasher. I will tell you, I maybe felt that way when we first got together, but I don't give a shit how you are putting those dishes in the dishwasher, how you're folding clothes or any, I just don't, I do not want to be consumed with things like, and what I say to him is like, it will never be good enough. No matter how you do it, no matter how much you step in, no matter how much you support me, it'll never be good enough because I'm going to go right behind you and I'm going to fix it. Do you know what I mean? But do you think that stems from, okay, like just let's take household chores, right? And we have a particular way of doing it. I feel like when you walk into someone's home, if you make any comments about the state of their home, the decor, anything, it's always fueled towards the woman. So maybe it's this fear of even if he does it, like I'm going to be judged for the outcome. You know what I mean? Like I've got to control how this looks because whatever comes at it, whether it's positive or negative is going to be fueled towards me. Like how well behaved the children are, how clean my house is, like whatever it looks like, you know, even if your husband is even doing the majority of it, we still always default to the woman. We do. And I'm not saying that it's right. I'm more, you know, and I can see that too, right? Where, and that's a whole nother subject, right? That we are concerned what people think when they walk into our home. I'm guilty of it where it's like, oh my gosh, my house is a mess or this or that, like feeling like 
my house isn't good enough or it's not decorated good enough or I need to have like, there have been times where it's like, I need to have a interior designer come into my home. And I'm like, do you even hear yourself right now? Do you even hear yourself? And I think it's those kind of things that stop us from fully living. That's a whole, right? This is probably a whole nother, I could get Mm -hmm. off on a tangent on this, but. No, I absolutely attest of the condition of my home goes back to my childhood because I lived in like almost hoarder situations that now I'm like, if my house isn't clean, I get really like irritated by it. Like I can't go to bed until all the toys are picked up downstairs and I'll like clean my kid's room for them. Like it's bad, but I say like y'all do it, but then they're not good enough (laughs) for my standard or whatever of a 10 year old boy cleaning his room. But I know that's because of my childhood. I absolutely know that's because of my childhood. And it's something that I've tried to work on in therapy and things of that, the control part, because I know it goes back to that. Um, And my therapist tells me all the time, you just need to like stop and pull back and let other people do things. But I definitely know why I do it. Mm -hmm. Well, that, I mean, that's the hard part too. Like you want more of a partnership and yet you're not willing to give up that control. Like we, we play a part in that cycle Mm -hmm. too. Sure. Mm -hmm. We can ask more of our spouses, however, you know, and I, and I'm talking in a very generalized, like male, female household, but yeah, you've got, you're playing a part in the cycle too. Like if you're not (laughs) allowing them to do things, I, I tell my spouse all the time, I make him pause when he asks me a question in regards to parenting and I say, I, I came out of the womb just like you. No one gave me a handbook on how to do this, how to be an adult, how to be a parent. I learned at the same rate that you did. So yeah. I don't know. like, you know, cause I, I feel like it puts us in this position of having to know the answers or having to manage the time or the tasks. Like I don't, I don't want to have to tell you to do something. I want you just to see it and take care of it. I was so happy when he came home from a doctor's appointment. I mean, I'm not happy that my son has asthma, but I didn't know anything about the inhaler. Like he had to teach me how to administer the medication to our son. And I was like, this Mm -hmm. is amazing. It is. I didn't have Mm -hmm. to like do this. I was like, this right here is such a good moment. And I'm like, love you so much right now because this feels good. Like we're reciprocating, right? Like I take on some stuff and then I fill you in and then you take on some stuff Mm -hmm. and you fill me in. And that's what feels like a partnership. When you come to me, like I manage everything and you ask for it. Well, I want to help out more. Like, tell me what to do. No, 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 no. no. Because that still puts me like holding everything mentally, but I have to be willing to be like, here you go, figure it out. It might be rough at times. I might not like the outcome, but I've got to step back because that's the only way we're going to be able to share this load. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think too, one of the things that you said, Brooke, and is one of the one, the, the one thing that I hear is the communication piece too. Like you have to be willing to communicate that to your spouse. Like when my husband started traveling, I was like, you need to handle all of the email communication and stuff, or we would get emails for Harper's dance. And something would get missed because my, I was so overloaded. And I was like, you get the same exact email. I do the same exact email. And I think it takes that one time where it's like, you also have to be responsible in this partnership of raising our children. Like it cannot always just fall on me. And I think for a lot of women, it falls on them. And 
there's so many reasons that it does. It's that society's pressure that we have to take everything on, that it's our job because, well, you have these children. You knew what you were getting yourself into. Like, this isn't complicated. Like, go out and and embrace them. And so I think there's a lot of those pieces too that we, you know, Brooke, you said it, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves instead of taking a step back and actually asking ourselves, am I really responsible for this? Do I need to do this? And I think that's what has been a huge thing in my own marriage is I don't want to be the one always taking it on. And I've also had to take a step back and I don't care what people think. If my husband's the main person going, it's crazy. I don't care about that stuff that people think whether or not I'm involved in my children's life as much versus like what people think about me in general. That's really effed up. If you think about it, Mm. (laughs) it's so messed up. I just, yeah. And I, my husband loves to be involved too. Cause he didn't grow up with a dad that did, you know, like he likes to go fishing with my son. He likes to play chess or do things with him. And I think that that's really, really important to him. And so, you know, being a present dad is a big deal. And so how can we create that in our home? And a big thing is when I start recognizing that it isn't going as planned or things aren't, you know, I start feeling like I'm taking on a lot more of the stuff. One, I ask myself, have I actually communicated my needs to him? Have I actually told him what I need him to support me in when it comes to the kids stuff? Have I communicated that? Have we had that conversation? And a lot of times it really falls on me. It's because I'm like, oh, you're just fine. You're not going to fucking do it. I'll just do it. Fine. I'll just, you should know. And my therapist a million times over is like, your husband cannot read your mind. You cannot expect him to know that you need him to do something. And when I actually take a step back and remove myself from that situation, I have so much compassion for him because I'm literally expecting him to do something so godly, like read my mind and then I'm pissed at him. It's really insane. I will say that, yeah, that is... Like I will say that my husband, although we we have these things about the the household stuff and the chores and the cooking and things like that, he's the most amazing dad. Like sometimes, like I don't want to like play. <laughs> like, can I just be the yeah. free book person? Um, and he'll get down and play. The kids will box. Like he'll work out with them, and they do all the things. Go. He voluntarily goes to the park. Like those aren't my favorite things to do, and they might make me sound like a bad mom a little bit. But I've never been good at like. Oh, I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but I've never been good at like getting down on the floor and playing with my kids. Like, let's just play. Like, I'll do a game or something, mm-hmm. but my imagination sucks. Maybe that they're like, you know, kids are and toddlers are super imaginative, and where I'm like, can we just like watch a movie or something and cuddle, like, or read a book? <laughs> And we're like, let's play cards or let's do this. And I'm really bad at it. And I don't love it. I'm getting really like angsty and I want to push back on something that you both said, right? Mm. When you talked about your spouses being present, it was all around fun with your kids. And I I, like, I just want to get rid of that narrative, right? Like 
why do we view men in that way? Like they're a super present dad if they're having fun and doing, and like the present mom is what? Do you know what I'm saying? Like all the behind the scenes stuff? No way. You probably don't want to play with your kids because you're freaking exhausted from doing everything else for them. So I don't even think we give ourselves the opportunity to have fun, to be lighthearted, to play with our kids because we're taking on so much of the behind the scenes stuff. Why can't we say, hey, you're a really present dad because you show up at doctor's appointments or you know your kid's school schedule, Yeah, all of those things, you know, like I just want to be very careful with our language and what we're trying to convey, because I think even we get caught up in this standard that gets passed down because you both are like, they're such a present dad with fun and doing this and da, 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 da. Okay. Well, why don't we ever talk about moms being present in that way? And then generally we're all shaming ourselves because we're like, I don't feel like playing with my kid and I'm not showing up as a good parent. Okay. Well, you did X, Y, and Z for your child. We've got to change the language around it. No, I hear you. I think that, well, that's the thing. I, I, yeah, I never, am like, oh yeah, my husband cooks dinner for us every night. I do say to people, like I'm very open about my husband is very involved in our home in general. He cleans, he does laundry, he cooks, he grocery shops, he makes doctor's appointments. Like he is very, very involved. But yeah, you're right. When I think of like present, like I do feel like he is more, I don't know, just even watching him yesterday playing with the kids and like joking with them here, I'm over just trying to enjoy the view and like, Oh, you know, just really just being there. And he's just like joking with the kids and they're laughing. And I was like, I did have a moment where I was like, oh, do they think he's the fun one? Because I'm pretty fun. (laughs) And then I'm like, and then I had a moment where I was like, is it because we have lost that childhood aspect of ourselves too, where men can just, Mm. I feel like be more free and fun. Whereas it's like, we have to we have this certain skin, we have to be this certain way. And, you know, it's like little things like when you say, Kanisha, like I've lost, I don't really have a good imagination. Were you really able to explore that as a child? You know, like there's this, this inner child piece of us that I think is missing so much. Mm. But when we get out and we Mm -hmm. dance with our kids and we have fun and we experience life with them, it looks so different. And I feel so much more alive when I allow myself that. But then we're over here like, oh, do I look stupid? Well, I don't sound, I'm not a good singer. Oh my God, I, I cannot dance. And then we're so worried what we look like even when we're with our kids and we're just having fun or we're imagining like Marin, she was out there laying her dolls out and it was, it was her imagination. I was, I was just so jealous. I was just like, she was talking to him, have a full blown conversation, laid them out. And then she laid with them. And she just, I just thought to myself, how cool is that, that they can do that? And also where did we lose that? Like at what point? Well, not only that too. I mean, think about how you orchestrate your time. I know I'm guilty on the weekends. I want, you know, Jesse to spend time with kids. I mean, a, because he works more and doesn't get to see them as much during the week, but B, so I can get stuff done without, you know, three little ones underfoot. But then I feel like I'm missing out on that park time or like that fun. Yeah. And so I have to change how I structure, you know, our family time and what that looks like. So I'm getting to play with them and I'm getting to be a fun parent and not just 
worried about all the to-dos and the logistics of the house. Yeah, I think that piece is important. And I think if people can take something away from this too, is what can we do differently so we can be a part of that, that fun part. So when our kids grow up, that's also how we remembered, right? My mom was so fun. I remember her, you know, I don't know why this just came to mind, but we've, we've been making cookies and brownies and not that it's good for my body, but the kids love it. And I was like, what if we, what if we were like three, right? What if we were just, I just threw cookie dough at one of them. Like, do you know what I mean? Like just learn how to have fun. But in my mind, I'm like, oh God, that's going to be a mess. I can't do that. Oh no, no, no. Like I don't want to have to clean that up. And what could we do though, to get back into that rhythm of having fun with our kids again, instead of when our spouse is playing with them or with them, that they get to be the fun parent and we're busy catching up or preparing for the next week or the next day or things like that. Why is that this constant cycle of even for women of we have to always be doing, we can't just be with our kids, with ourselves. You know, if we're not doing something, we're not productive. We're not good enough. We're not important enough. You know, our kids won't see that we love them because we're not busy doing for them. Man, it's hard. Yeah. And a lot of that behind the scenes stuff, like your kids don't notice, you know, and I think that's a, another challenge. If you really dig down deep, you don't want them to, right? I, I know we yeah. are all like, oh, I wish people would be grateful. I wish my kids would be grateful. But ultimately you're working that hard to create their normal for them to feel safe and secure and to know what's coming next and to get to places on time and, you know, have those routine checkups and be involved in mm-hmm. whatever sport it is. Like you you're trying so desperately to work behind the scenes so they can have this smooth life. And then you're pissed that nobody notices all you're doing behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. So how do we change yep. that? What What can we do to eliminate or minimize that where maybe little by little, because this is an overnight change. It's not like you just wake up tomorrow and you're like, I don't fucking care. I'm just going to do it. I'm, yeah. you know, what little things can we change as women to be more there and less, like you said, about the things that like be more present in the things that matter to our children than behind the scenes, working our butts off for things that really they don't care or nor see. Um, One of my favorite practices is to, and I tell clients this all the time, like really focus on what brought you joy as a child. Like for instance, I as a kid, like I felt really carefree on the swing. Like I loved swings. And so my therapist was like, go freaking swing with your kids. Like that's how you tap into it. That's how you become present and kind of let things go. Like, is it a favorite ice cream flavor? Well, put that into your weekly routine with your kids. Like do what makes you feel like a kid and what kind of brings you that inner joy and peace and then do it with your children. And Mm -hmm. then they'll see something so genuine and it's not forced you know, and start, start there and really examine. Okay. I think back really hard. Like, was it making forts? You know, was it movie night? Like, what was it that you just really hold on to and made you feel like a kid? Yeah. And Kanisha, you don't have to enjoy getting on the floor. Good. (laughs) (laughs) But we do do things like we love going to Cedar Point. Like that's one of our things that we do. So on the day that we like do go to the amusement park or whatever, like 
I'm all from that day. Like I love riding the roller coasters and stuff like that. And my oldest loves it, loves it. So that's like really fun. We love doing stuff like that. But yeah, I'm not. And and then with my youngest son, we're like reading Harry Potter right now. And like every day he's like, only mom's allowed to read the book. Dad's not allowed to read the book. Like, <laughs> so that's like our time together to be able to do that or whatever. And it's like, um, so I've been doing like some of that more, but I feel like it starts a little bit with the focus on ourselves, right? Like if we don't put any of that focus on ourselves, so we're not burnt out. I feel like over the last year, it's really transformed where I could let more of that change in and be okay with it. But only because I've been really upping up my practice on like, uh, manifestation and 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 trying to focus on myself and my own health and my own mental health to be able to get to that space. Of course, it's still hard and I'm still growing and learning and changing every day, but making space for myself to be able to do some of that so I'm here for my family in the fullest capacity, yeah. I think it has to start with a little bit of that. Well, that goes back to it starts with us and then our marriage. Mm-hmm. And then our children, right? So like if we're not mm-hmm. healthy, if our if we're not well, we cannot focus on our marriage and our children because we can't even focus on ourselves. And I think that all goes back to the piece of like taking care of yourself, where even if it's 15 minutes in the morning, you're just sitting in silence or you know, asking your spouse for that time. And so how can we do that? Which is probably a whole nother conversation. And I know we've talked about it a little bit on previous episodes. But then going into this communication piece with your partner, like actually being able to communicate your needs to your partner. And then if it's not well received, what do you do next? Right. Because I know that's what people are going to say. Well, I've talked to my partner. What do I do next? So Brooke, I want you to answer that in a minute. If, if you have any suggestions for people like, okay, this, you know, I did this and it didn't work moving into that. And I will say, and I don't know if I'm trying to remember if I've said it on here before too, but Brené Brown, you know, had said that whole percentage thing, like when your partner comes home from work or at the end of the day or whenever. So say you've been home with your kids all day, they can say, Hey, what are, what can you give today? So the, the husband or partner walks in the door, what can you give today? And the partner's like, I have 20%. So then, you know, you pick up that 80%. And this is obviously something that, you know, or vice versa, however it is, but being able to communicate that what you're willing to give. So you don't have the expectation that the minute your partner walks in the door, they're like, yeah, uh, they're 100% on, right? That expectation mm-hmm. again. And and I think we need to do, I think this is like really a part two in here. And so maybe we can come back yeah. and do a part two really on what this looks like in the partnership realm. Um, and how we can really help women foster that and create better communication, even from our own personal experiences, utilizing something like that. So, all right, guys, you know, let's, we're going to bring you with a part two, because we, I know we threw a lot of stuff at you and we want to make sure that you're really able to take it all in, digest it and move forward from there. So thank you again for being here for another week. If you love this episode or any previous episode, do not forget to re- rate and review us. It really helps more moms 
listen to this podcast because you know, algorithms, they fucking suck sometimes. So make sure you are reviewing (laughs) us and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.